Okay, so I would like to start today's episode with actually an apology to you, Tom, and it is this. Um, I've been um, at times, uh, I mean, I've made this announcement several times, that's how many times, I've been a little hard on you in terms of like, oh, here comes Tommy's choices, or blah, blah, blah. And the most recent sort of campaign I've had against you, Tom, on the show, is that you are, it's like you're um, in an OCD fashion, stuck in little-known bad movies from the 1970s, so I'd like to apologize. Now, let's get to today's film, the one that Tom chose, 1969's The Learning Tree. Not the 70s. Yes. You you got out of it, and we're in 1969. Um, But at least it was a really good movie um, that's well known. Uh, Tom, it's all yours. Well, first off, I'd never heard of this movie. Uh, So uh, it was interesting. I took a look at it. I wanted to see... uh, I basically was looking around. I wanted to see who was the first uh, black director working for a major studio, and what was their first film? And this was apparently it. Uh, the movie is called, hold on a second, uh, The Learning Tree. You had to look up the movie you <laughs> suggested to us. Very good. Good start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gordon Parks was the writer, director, producer. He'd written it as a play, and uh, he got to go ahead. He was the first uh, black director who was uh, backed by a major studio to make a movie. And this was it. It's, we, uh, yeah. we did that uh, episode on Richard Norman and, and, and others back oh, over a year ago, and it was like that was the independent black American um, mm-hmm. film studio. And so there were these, like, kind of the sun, the black Sundance of its time, I guess you might say. And there were some films from the 20s and 30s, basically. So right. there was a sort of really interesting pioneering um, effort. Um, mm-hmm. And then there's this dearth, I guess I would say. You're right, all the way until... You know what we're more familiar with is like of the '70s, the black exploitation right. films, which are, right. by the way, he Parks is uh, associated with like Shaft. He he had minor roles <laughs> yeah. in Shaft, and and uh, um, there's no one I really know from this film. It's it, you know, as far as I can tell, um, these are st- uh, black actor staples, I guess, but n- no one who really pops to any memory of any film I've ever seen. Yeah, no names that I was aware of. No James Earl Jones or Ossie Davis or, you know, City Poitier. It was all very much unknowns. And my understanding is that he made it a point of having the crew also be, uh, you know, all be black technicians. Yeah. Um, and, 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 yeah, I mean, first of all, it says that, too, that we, it's sort of like, um, that, like, oh, no, there are funny uh, female comedians, and here are seven I've come up with. Like, uh, you, you hit them, like John Amos, um, uh, you know, Ossie Davis, you know, uh, <laughs> like the eight, um, like, go-ahead, green-lit black actors from, like, 1960 and beyond, right? Harry Belafonte! Yeah, which, which I think lends, it's like, it lends it, like an even more adventurous sort of air to this thing. Like, I think, you know, the studios, are, I believe, were taking, were, were, in their minds, were certainly taking a chance by, putting, by having a, an all-black director do it. Yeah. Uh, that, that didn't come out right. Uh, having a black director do <laughs> uh, a film with all-black. I don't know what the fuck that means. Having a black director do it, but oh, then I having, you know, the- like, a very sort of unknown cast. None I- of the... Uh, None of the big black actor names in there at all. I thought so. you were you were catching yourself on the. They were certainly taking a chance, but oh no, I think they were. I think there was absolutely they were uh, they were um, you know stretch, stretching their wings a little bit. Are, were you uh, interested in this? Is did our current um, 
you know, sort of cultural situation. This is, uh, we're in June, late June of, uh, 2020. Did our yeah. current uh, cultural situation prompt you to sort of investigate this? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, I'm not, yeah, not going to make any bones about that. It no, was also, sense. it was Juneteenth, which I found, you know, mm -hmm. which I found out on June 13th, uh, what the hell, what, what that even was. So, yeah, yeah, I figured I'd take a look at it. No, and, 100%. Uh, it's like an interesting place to drag, to drag the Finleys. Yeah. I had to track the Finleys. Kicking um, and screaming. Oh, it's almost 1970. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay, so... Um, now, now, that being said, I, I have to admit, I was uh, I was very relieved that it wasn't like a terrible movie or something like that. That it was actually pretty good. This movie is an abomination to the idea of movies. This movie is horrific, Tom. I honestly, I, I don't think so. I, I mean, my wife was like, "What are you doing?" And I was like, "I gotta watch it." I checked no less than six times how much more. I, it's really difficult to say. Uh, the, the only challenge is what was worse than what. And unlike when we did that episode uh, with Steve Mazon on Bull Durham, and he was like, "You gotta agree that the costumes." I couldn't find even the joking area, a relevant area to comment on. Like the music, horrendous. The acting was garbage. I mean, it was really beyond amateur acting. Um, the the writing, horrific. Um, I don't know what to say sometimes about a director when the directing isn't about something like overtly directorial. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it's like, uh, it's easier to talk about good directing when it's like. Um, Either good performances are getting out of the actor, or it's like it's cinematic in a way. Um, mm -hmm. It was none of those things. Um, I almost, my wife almost started laughing from the title because it was like the titles were bad. Like the, the actual lettering <laughs> was like out of a Hallmark card, which, by the way, a Hallmark card appears in the film. The inside says, <laughs> Roses are red, violets are blue, sugar is sweet, and so are you. Uh, Dude, that good, was fucking writing, a very guys. heartfelt sentiment. I, I, I don't see where you're coming uh, from. Uh, there's one... I, I'm going to save the element of the story that's, like, possibly interesting or relevant or not see-through, but it was from stern to stem... Is that the phrase? Um, a nightmare of a movie. I mean, it's it it might be one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Wow. It was... Wow. I, I can't imagine that you... What, what relief did you find? Where did you find relief? Let's start in any area you want. No, that it was like... It was uh, It was well... I mean, it wasn't... It wasn't, uh, it wasn't incredible directing, but the directing was very straightforward. It was telling a very simple story. Um, yeah, I guess there's not a lot of bells and whistles to it, I suppose. It was one of those things about watching, like, a first-time director really first-time direct. I thought he did a pretty good job doing that. I what was it about his direction? Wasn't, uh, wasn't... Was not spectacular that's particularly true of, our, of the lead in the movie um, but there were some there were some decent moments it wasn't it wasn't too bad i don't know See, i'm going to disagree with <laughs> you're you already I think, falling back i don't think this bad. was a great movie but i but i'm not seeing it where as was it good you're seeing it well, I mean, let's just start wherever you want like i'll give you all the time you want like the directing what about the directing was good like in no, it was just very straightforward directing it wasn't there was no sort of bells and whistles to it but it i think it moved the i think it moved the story ahead like more or less, you know, like a very even keel. I would say probably suffered a little bit from being a little too even keeled, if that. There wasn't a lot of surprise coming, that's for sure. No, there was no, no M. Night Shyamalan coming. movie. <laughs> or um, Adam Sandler movie. I mean, it was like... Um, oh, please. Man. I mean, there were no surprises. I, I know that, that that's a valid complaint about movies that try too hard, but there's mm -hmm. something to be said for trying. 
Mm-hmm. And this movie didn't. Like, I, you're suggesting that um, events happened and then another event happened. And I will grant you that the director captured those events in sequential motion. But besides that, I don't know. What's uh, the soundtrack? Was uh, syrupy. At every moment, it was syrupy. Mm-hmm. The story itself, well, let's just go through the story. The story is, um, what's the sort of movement of black Americans to Kansas? What's that movement called? I, I forget. It's a historic movement, but it takes place in Kansas, as the title says, in the 20s, mm-hmm. um, to be as specific as possible. Uh, there's a young... Hold on, hold on. Would, like, would they be putting it in 1921? Would that have been made a difference on this? No, but it just sort of is in character with the whole movie. Like, I don't know. Let's just throw some shit down there. Um, it starts off, I thought it was going to be interesting because there's a woman who, um, rapes a, a, a half-conscious young boy. Um, mm-hmm. it's like the, uh, one of two interesting things that happens in the whole movie. We find out later on she's, she's a prostitute, but there's really never any follow-up on that. No reason. It doesn't connect to anything. Um, mm-hmm. I thought that would be brought up later on when, when he's accused or, or it's intimated or the parents think that he's the father of, of the girlfriend's child. But it never comes up at all as any sort of plot point. Um, it's a movie about um, bad uh, whites in Kansas, um, racist whites in Kansas in the 20s. Um, hey, there's lots of material for that. Um, every white character just about is as boringly stock as you could possibly make them. They're not even interesting racists in any way. Um, the The... Black actors are like so over the top, like um, Hallmark movie acting. Um, oh, child, you can't. There's not another. Haza, haza. It's like what the fuck? It's it's. To me, I I stand back from talking about because I, I guess I do, I don't really have a right to talk about it being humiliating to black people. I can only imagine this movie is humiliating to black people. That'd be an interesting question. Neither of us are qualified to say Right? That. No, I'm just, I'm just a man throwing myself forward because that's an interesting part of, of art or filmmaking, right? Because on the one hand, Bojangles is a, is a kind of humiliating um, character in the black right, sort right. of cultural landscape. On the yeah. other hand, I think justifiably so, uh, people including black activists or someone like Spike Lee will say, yeah, but I give, I give Bojangles credit for being a super talent and making like his way through... In, in this world. So it's like, hey, put down the idea that Bojangles had to be Bojangly, but don't put down the actual Bojangles, the actor-dancer, because he was amazing, and it was like he, he was sort of stuck in this situation as a survivor, right? Right, right. Mm-hmm. So, so there, there's that um, thing that can happen in, in, in this very interesting question of like race in, in classic Hollywood. There's the other question, we've talked about it before, and that's that um, the halfway sort of movie, which is to say um, a black character who gets to be the lead, there gets to be a story that involves race, but because white America is what it is during all of those times, and perhaps now, there has to be this ending where the black and the, you know, fucking Sidney Poitier and Rod Steiger and In the Heat of the Night in no way should be like shaking hands as good friends at the end of that movie. Um, but it's like, you know, that's white America's fault. You know, so these are things I'm blaming on, on white America. But here it is. We have this, like, first... You, you sort of set it up um, well, I think. We have this film that's 
uh, the first sort of like major company black actor, and this is what they do. It's like, where's the meat to the story? It's it's. Well, I think maybe we, we, we uh, interestingly, okay, I think you make a really good point there. I think we might be getting caught on sort of the, um, like the horns of the, of the, of a black, of the first black director having to direct a movie. So he's directing a movie for, uh, for like the studios. So necessarily, I guess it does have to sort of like be, it has to tone down things a little bit. I guess the way it does that is by giving us more or less stock characters, like particularly the old women, uh, the old black women in this movie are very much, uh, very much of a given type that we've seen portrayed in, in numerous other things. Yeah. But I think at the same time, like I said, it's 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 kind of a straightforward movie. It's 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 at its essence about two young black men growing up in. Uh, Growing up in Kansas, yeah. uh, and the, the, and how they they're sort of representing different sort of um, oh god, for lack of a better word, like different perspectives on the black male experience in that situation. Um, with to to your point, not with a lot of subtlety or grace, to be sure. There's not a lot of shades going on there. They're pretty much like very much like the like the sort of the major the main character is a young black man trying to sort of be good and and you know, and having dignity and all that kind of thing uh, in an undignified world. Uh, and then uh, the other main the other main character is a young black man who's sort of succumbed to you know to the anger part of it. Which is, in my book, quite frankly, much more, much more reasonable or response. Yeah, no, it's reasonable as an idea. I mean, there's also all these layers about, you know, what do I think about what they're doing with the idea slash story, and then how I think they're executing it. Are, can we agree that the execution is ab- an abomination? Like, I would say very seriously flawed. How about that? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's just I, it was abomination is a very big word, but yeah, well. I can tell you, my wife was laughing hysterically throughout the movie, and I was going in between. I was having that moment that you love, but I don't enjoy, where I was laughing at something that was just so bad in front of me. But it's like the acting was... It was not mediocre acting. It was deeply subpar acting. So, was, we, so what we're saying is we should definitely have gotten Nancy Davis in. It's, <laughs> it's, it's like worse than community college acting, for sure. Um... <laughs> I mean, I'm not joking. I'm not making an exaggeration. It's like high school level acting. This this movie. Yeah. Um, the direction. I can't get anything out of you past it was sort of like it was apt or or simple. And I guess that's good. I guess when someone doesn't make like he didn't drop the camera. I mean, that's a good thing. But other than that, mm-hmm. I don't know anything else that happened that was good. The music was um, saccharine. Yeah, music was that great. Yeah. Moment saccharine. Um, the uh, the cinematography was not interesting or good in any way at all. It was almost like there were times when you could see the perimeters of a set. Like it didn't make it in. There were no boom mics <laughs> and no perimeters, but you could almost see how how not real this this whole sort of largely outdoor setting seemed. They managed to mm. do that. Um, and the writing was, I mean, it was just poor, poor writing. Piss poor writing, and it, maybe maybe um, it hits me hardest because I have expectations of somebody grabbing um, a moment. But it's the same sort of thing, and I guess I'll, I'll probably be hit hard for this by some. But um, when nobody's listening, <laughs> by by my mother who's listening, um, I can't think of his name. All of us. Oh, when Tyler Perry has all that power and he puts out Medea. 
It's sort of like, oh, wow, this is, you put out the Medea series. And by the way, the Medea series, all of them better than this movie in terms of the quality of the movie. It's just. I can't answer that. I've never seen a Medea movie. I had to have a curiosity because my uh, granddaughter. One, luckily, one of them came out in 1979, Joe, so we're going to be good. <laughs> Captured the beginning of the Medea uh, series. <laughs> the interesting part to me, the only area where I thought, okay, now it's investigating something interesting where is where. Our main protagonist has a white friend-ish um, uh, um, from the upper class. He's the judge's son. Um, mm -hmm. And it's sort of like, okay, he's a friend, but obviously the friend has more power. And the friend's going to do um, a scene where he goes into, um, he invites our, our protagonist and our protagonist's girlfriend, both black, into the soda fountain area. And he's going to like, no, they're sitting here with me. <laughs> wow. Right. Good, good stuff uh, there. Um, and a little clueless, I think, is what's going on there. The writing, you mean? The writers. Uh, <laughs> stand up for them in the soda fountain area. Let that'll. Uh, wow. Um, so well, he, is, he is he is banging he is banging the, the protagonist woman. So yeah, thanks for blowing that for me. So so that's what I was curious. Like that's the only part that was kind of interesting. It's like okay, that it's like. The whole sort of um, um, domination of one race over another, culturally speaking, in terms of the power dynamic, is that he can trick you into sort of being a friend or someone you think you can count on, but also sexualize. It's sexualized, and, and how much race is sexualized. And I'm like, and I was like, okay, now that's actually kind of an interesting idea, like mm -hmm. how how race dynamics um, play into like sexualization and all these different areas, and it went um, completely unexplored. Yeah, it didn't go any further than that, which was kind of a shame, actually. There was a lot of, yeah, there were a lot of uh, sort of loose threads that they could have, like, made more out of in this movie. I, I think they could have gone a little more, more into depth into sort of like the um, the tortured nature of a black kid having to, uh, what do you say, um, appear in a court and testify against somebody else inside of the black community. That was, that, that, that was given the lead-up of being like a more tortured situation than it actually turned out being because, of course, uh, the kid was uh, was uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. He was, he was, there was no fucking chance he wasn't going to do that. Well, it doesn't even matter, by the way. That whole scene was almost farcical. You know, I mean, it was almost like this, you know, he, he understands that he has to actually implicate um, a black community member. Now, thank God it's been set up so that it's the most unlikable black community um, person at all. Um, mm -hmm. There's a lot of, by the way, like, I don't, black, white, blue, polka dot. There's a lot of that in this movie. Um, and that there are black, a lot of polka dotted actors. It's the really the black character grabs the sheriff's gun, uh, halts at the door, falls down the stairs, um, shoots himself in the head. Uh, the sheriff announces it, and then they all sort of go back like a high school play to sort of talk about what all this means. There's not even a pretense that any time has sort of passed. I mean, it's it's like every level, it's like, I would say laughable, except that since it's tied to histor you know, the history of, of black people in America, you feel bad at the idea of laughing at it. But it is a, a real disservice to uh, people with eyes and ears, this movie. It, it is, uh, wow, this movie is bad. And I don't really buy the whole um, somebody didn't stumble, so it's apt. Apt has to be more than you didn't stumble. That's my argument to you. So I, I, I place it back in your hand, sir. What, how, do, how do you defend this movie as apt or fair or do something I'm for sorry. me? 
How do you, I, I throw it back to you, defend this movie as, as apt or, or fair? I think for a first time, like I said, for a first time director, a bunch of first time actors, it's like a two. The movie's a two overall. Yeah, I guess so. But, you know, Salt of the Earth was um, all non-actors. And, and certainly you can look at Salt, the, Salt of the Earth and go, uh, yeah, no, the acting is not great here, but it's not, a, it's not a terrible movie. Like, you know what I mean? Like, the pedigree, you know what I mean? Then, then cast people who aren't first-time actors. You know, or, yeah, I don't know what to say. I mean, I don't see this like an abomination. That's that's that you're getting you, very hyperbolic about this. I think this is a this is a decent movie. It's not a great movie. Well, at all. You, here's I what mean, you have to say: is just you have a claim. What's your evidence? Well, what's your fucking evidence? I just went through. I spent, I spent 20 minutes and 27 seconds listing all the the areas. Yeah. Okay. So, so here I go. The acting was 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 okay. The directing was okay. Very middle of the road. Like I said, new people there. Not great music. Excellent. The writing uh, could have been uh, much more suspenseful. So it was a little lacking, but it wasn't great. So there you go. Yeah, but the okay, but Tom, uh, that's exactly the same evidence you've been giving. No, so I'm not sure the, I understand what the. But fuck that's you're not evidence. About that's Tom. That's not evidence. Those are all just claims. Like, give yeah, me an so example. That's what you're doing. No, what the hell are you about? I, I spent over 20 minutes saying, and here's an example, and here's an example. So I'm just mm -hmm. saying, you're entitled to your opinion, but no use getting mad if I'm asking for details of your opinion, as if your opinion is the evidence itself. I'm just saying, look. Okay. Just, look some, some directors are very magical with their camera. They do all kinds of weird and crazy stuff. I think this was very straightforward. I mean, you were complaining about the cinematography. I think the cinematography serves the story itself well. It's a simple story. So the cinematography doesn't, like, go too far. It doesn't go too far. It's just kind of sh trying to show you the picture that's happening there. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm, okay. I'm sort of giving you the floor, man. Because I've, I've, I've sort of had a lot to say about this movie, and I don't want to uh, run over you on it. So I'm just no, no, I'm giving you the floor on that. Well, that's what I'm saying. I think, like like I said, it's a, it's an okay movie, not a great one. And, um, yeah, I don't, know, I don't know how else to say it. I, I just, okay. Okay. Um, well, let's talk about are there movies that you think do a worse job or a better job in terms of what... Um, you were after in terms of bringing this movie up, which was a good idea. Um, yeah. Movies that try to explain from the black perspective. To whom, by the way, is another question for all of these movies in terms of audience. Um, like, are, we, are you trying to explain it to white people? Are you, are you trying to sort of let, let fellow black Americans who are viewing this, um, uh, here's a rallying point, or, you know, that's a whole other question that can be examined. But, you know, any movie that tries to explain the black experience to whoever, are there movies that you think does a, do a better job or a worse job? Oh, I think there are definitely movies that do a better job. Uh, certainly more like specific uh, examples of that. I'd say Patch of Blue is definitely a movie that sort of does that, but it sort of it kind of like cycles in on a very particular area. Where movies that do a less good job, um, I would say, well, look who's coming to dinner. I didn't think was uh, I didn't think that was a tremendous example of uh, like. Explaining the black experience. Why, um, with guests who's coming to dinner, where do you think it failed? Well, I think it was definitely, it was just, it was very, it was, it was entirely skewed almost to a white perspective. There was a little bit of black going on there, but even, there was a little bit of black culture going on there, but even the black culture was skewed towards the, towards, uh, like a white liberal acceptance of it. So, like, most of the camera time and the dialogue was given to the white folks talking about the black problem. 
or black folks talking about the uh, black problems in a way that would make white people more comfortable. Okay, and why do you think Patch of Blue, both, both by the way, and I, I follow the same pattern here, by the way, so it's not a criticism, both like to the king of Hollywood, a black explanation film, <laughs> Sidney Poitier, um, right. what is it about Patch of Blue, which I also agree is a better movie in general, but uh, in terms of like this subject matter or this like attempt at rhetoric, what is it about um, Patch of Blue that's um, works? I think Patch of Blue is, uh, I mean, first off, it's just the, the story. The writing is the writing is definitely a, a superior thing, but as far as perspective goes, it's basically talking about love in a, in a, in a society that doesn't accept it uh, in a much more effective way than uh, Get Look Who's Coming to Dinner, which is which is doing a similar sort of thing. <laughs> let's be I'm honest, not, that's a lot of what Portier did. This is not me bashing you, Tom, but it's the second time it's Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. What did I say? Look at, you almost said, look at who's coming to dinner. <laughs> he said, look who's I didn't coming. say that. I know, no, sir. You said, look who's coming to dinner. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. I guess who's coming to dinner. So, my, my apologies. There. No, no, no. I just didn't want, I didn't want you uh, to think I was bashing on you. I just wanted to make sure we got it straight. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and also, a question for both of us is, given that... And both of those movies, by the way, are just much better written than this movie. That's for sure. Do you have an example? But that's the thing. I wonder. I wonder. But 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 here's the thing. I wonder about this particular movie here, right? Is how much of that was again written to be able to appeal to sort of the mass, sort of the mass audience, and also like how much of it was sort of talking about some things for the first time in this movie. I think it was interesting. It, one of the things I think is that's kind of interesting about this movie is sort of the even it. It sticks in Hallmark land, but at the same time, it's kind of even keeled both sort of towards black and white. Does that seem an unfair thing to say? Even keeled. Uh, talk more about it. What that? What well, you... it gives you a lot of shitty white people, but it gives you a couple of righteous ones as well. It gives you righteous in the best way they can, like, for instance, the principal, for instance. Yeah, uh, well... Yeah, right. yes and no. Okay. I mean, so yeah. problematically, he's doing the best he can, but it's pretty flawed. Well, that's that was kind of interesting, I guess, in the film, right? Because you have a moment where you feel like he doesn't like, he's going to fight within the system. He doesn't like the racism that's happening. But yeah. his parting shot is to our black protagonist to still be respectful. And the black protagonist, right. that's the moment where there's like, yeah, that was a sort of a better, I would say that's that as a scene might have been the best scene of the movie, actually. Um, you might be pulling. You might be pulling me. Pulling me around to your point of view here. I don't know, because it would have been a much more interesting story if he'd have gone down the violent path. There's a lot of things that got missed on this movie. Yeah, but it's not. I. I don't even think the. You know, the content of the movie is the the problem. It's to me. It's the execution of of the movie. The content is has. You know, I'd be, if if the execution were at the level of the content, I might be willing to say it's a fair movie. It just the acting was, it was to me. It wasn't like oh, a couple of actors missed the beat. It was like universally awful. I mean, it was embarrassing. But what about the Trump white movie. guy? He was pretty awesome. The who? The Trump white guy. Trump white guy. The drunk white guy. The Trump white. Guy. Oh, <laughs> the, the guy with the maga hat running around. No, the, the See, drunk there, white guy. Come there on, there were no maga hats back then. It's not even historically accurate. Um, the drunk white guy. Oh, the yeah, drunk white guy. Yeah, he breaks in, starts stealing yeah. the booze, the murder and shoes, <laughs> not, 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 and then he's taken to court, but it's not him. Uh, I, Come on. Like, that was fucking over-the-top, great drunk white guy. <laughs> 
Obviously, you're teasing me. But Army Keitel could not have done that better. <laughs> but honestly, I can't think of anyone who did any good acting. And I did recognize one person in the film, and that's the, the doctor who also played the doctor in Little House on the Prairie. He's been in a couple of, I think he's been in a really? couple of Really? I didn't recognize movies. anybody in this movie. Um, but I, kept th- I swear to God, and this is fucking, this speaks terribly of me. I kept thinking, is that Ozzie Davis? I kept waiting for that to happen, and it, it didn't happen. <laughs> then I would look at the thing, like, sure, I thought I saw him, and no, I didn't. It was nowhere in there. Um, <laughs> Which is probably why his name has come to my lips so many times during this. Welcome to Joe and Tom's uh, Proud Boy podcast. Yeah, no, but it, but seriously, um, what was the, what were we talking about before you got me off track? There, I'm sorry. I have no idea. Um, about. Oh, the great white guy drunk acting. Oh yeah, no, I, I honestly, <laughs> I don't, I didn't think it was very good. In fact, it was kind of bad. I guess, I guess, what you could say about that actor was he was not as bad as others in the movie. But I'm trying to think of anyone in the movie he seemed. Um, believable and I, I mean believable with a, a line of dialogue and it's like not I, the sheriff <laughs> yeah he looked like he believed a lot of that buddy. he looked like he didn't have to reach far into the old bag of tricks you know what it is I, I if you've ever tried and, and, and as a guy who looks kind of like that I guess <laughs> kind of you're a you're a comic you've done some acting um, here and there I think most comics <laughs> have right and you know, you know, as a as someone who you know can't act because you haven't done much acting, it's like little things like what do I do with my hands? Is like people who act just know how to do that, and people who like try to act in the bit part, are like I don't know what to do with my hands, so they start shaking their hands a lot when they're talking or or um, responding to everything that's said as if like you have to move your head around in real life, and. Mm-hmm. The problem is there were a lot of people in the movie doing that. Um, when when they when they're oh I recognize someone else from the getaway the guy who was putting on the 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 bare knuckle fight between all the black people at the fair. Oh shit! Yeah 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 yeah. I always yes, forget that yes, guy's that name. Guy, right. He's okay. of an LQ Jones type. But anytime you anytime you had like you had like some hillbilly from the south you needed to uh, yeah it was kind of half a con man. This guy was the guy you called. But but when when all the the kids the African American kids got into the little fair ring and they took off their shirts they all stood, started doing a Fred Sanford I'm going to give you a knuckle sandwich wind up I mean it was like kind of embarrassing to watch the lack of I the director I think that's how here. people thought back then <laughs> I, I was expecting like because two of the kids who got caught into that fight were, uh, were they looked like they were Asian and I was waiting for them to do bad kung fu oh, that's right yeah I mean the thing is Tom you can have a good um, uh, uh, motivation. I think your motivation was stellar here. As soon as you named it, and I looked up like what the movie was, I saw what you were doing, and I applaud you. Like you're you're taking not only current events, but like in, like w- you and I consider movies to be a lot of things. One of the things we consider movies to be is an important sort of centerpiece for dialogue. I mean, it doesn't have to be. You know, you and I agree that movies can just be dumb and still be good. But you know that movies have this sort of power is one of the numerous things that drew us into thinking about movies, even as a kid. So, like, I applaud your motivation. But once the motivation is is past us, we're still looking at a movie, and I don't know what's defensible about this movie um, at all. And I'm still waiting for it. Although you don't have to give it to me. Don't get mad. But I, I just don't know what the defense is. I know what I know what your claims are. Um, but I don't. I don't know of an example of like. Um, I think. I think one of the things that's happening is that I think you and I are think that this movie's sort of falling down for kind of different reasons. You're going for the more technical aspect, and I guess I wasn't really. Pay- I honestly wasn't paying a huge amount of attention to that. I was waiting for the movie to be more 
sort of more shocking, more than sort of like really take any kind of a stand, which it did, which yeah. I think is where it seriously failed. I think if anything, it didn't stay. And and here's the thing, maybe they couldn't. I mean, just because of, like I said, the, the historical place where this document, this this movie was coming from, maybe they couldn't take any more of a stance or they didn't feel like they could. But that's where this movie falls apart. This is the kind like, of... Shift over to, like, move over to, the like, I guess the next movie this director was involved in Shaft. Like, fuck, <laughs> talk, about, talk about a whole different way to approach this thing. Yeah, that's for sure. Like, uh, empowerment all the way. Yeah, maybe we should So I that. guess from that standpoint, where this, where this movie mostly fails for me is, like, that point where it's not really... It's more of a. It's more of a. Honestly, it's more documentary than movie in a sense. More yeah. Than a, than, a, than a narrative fiction. Anthrop piece. cinema cinema anthropological sort of footprint or something like that. But yeah. but here's to me the footprint it leaves more than anything else is this. I'm apt to look at this movie and say, okay, first movie um, by a black director, black cast, black everyone. <laughs> um, who change your words carefully. Who gets a uh, and it gets like a major distribution, you know, movie company. Warner Brothers, I think. Right. I'm apt to be a little conspiratorial and say, I don't think that's an accident. I think, I, you know what I mean? It's almost like um, like a, a racist who has power and goes like, you know what, I'm a fair man. I think that I'm going to let somebody come up here and speak intelligently about the issue. Uh, Flavor Flav, um, come on up. And it's like, oh, you know, I think that it, I honestly think this is sabotage, this movie, because I think about what happened in the 70s is we didn't, I don't know, and, and this also points to my lack of, of black um, history in terms of movies, until Spike Lee comes along in like the late-ish 80s, I don't know of other black directors or, or predominantly African-American driven film product, projects that have much merit or are artistically good, and I don't think that's an accident. I don't think it's for lack of talent. I think it's because this type of movie gets to be like, okay, we're doing it now. And it's like, oh, no, this is what we're doing? It's a, it's an after-school special. Uh, yeah, okay, fair enough. It's Go with you on that. It does definitely, it, it reeks of that. It definitely has that feeling for sure. I was just kidding. Well, I mean, let's not that. Like, there's the whole, the whole universe of black exploitation, which we're kind of like we're kind of like walking over here. But that did. But those weren't major studios. But I also that think those are that too. I also think those are part of that sort of. That's how deeply conspiratorial I feel about it. I feel mm, those okay. are that too because those aren't good. Now those are at least entertaining. Right. But they are also extremely kind of demeaning in a way. It's sort of like it's and, and wrapped in the, the burrito, if you will, the tortilla, to complete this metaphor, <laughs> of of black empowerment, and it's like, oh, <laughs> a new wrinkle to our a new wrinkle to our racism show. Way to go! <laughs> I mean, it's it's, a, it's like a lumpia. This this movie and I would say like Shaft and black exploitation movies are to black empowerment what like um, movies in the fifties like Amazon Women on the Moon are to like women's rights. It's sort of like, yeah, there are women in there and they have major roles, but it hardly like uh, progresses a dignified, um, intelligent, nuanced um, rhetoric for the idea. Yeah, I don't think you understand how hard it is to walk in low gravity situations in high heels. I think you're, you're not giving them the credit they deserve for that, Joseph. <laughs> You know, that's an interesting... Well, no, it isn't. Um, none of this is interesting. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, thank you for the, the um, suggestion in the sense of, like, we were able to talk about some interesting issues here. Um, mm -hmm. Do you have any other ideas from the um, 1980 uh, 80 to 1969? 
Uh, let's go with Shaft. Let's go. Next. <laughs> <Our> next one. <laughs> this whole podcast is <laughs> devolving into episodes we did one on Patreon, too, that are uh, become less about the movie and, and more about how you and I disagree on the particulars. That whole thing we did on Robert Mitchum on a Patreon episode, which I won't reveal too much of. Since That's because you suck. Should become a Patreon <laughs> subscriber. Uh, but I can't look. I, 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 you know what? My Freudian slip. I'm going to keep it. I can't look forward to the next movie you're going to <laughs> you're going to suggest to us. Uh, let me know what it is after the podcast is over. If you're still talking no. to me. Yeah, if we are. If we are. <laughs> you buffoon. Monster. Uh, all right, Tom. You have something uh, um, something to promote, I believe, and that's a website. Yeah, check me out, TomSmithComedy.com. Check and join me online, and uh, send, drop us a line on. Finley's, oh no, uh, I beg you, not on this. In this instance, please don't drop us a line about what you're. Oh, please about. do. Oh no, we definitely want to hear about it. Uh, tell us all how Joseph is wrong. <laughs> Finley's on film. Uh, at gmail.com rate and reviews on iTunes I think you said that become a Patreon subscriber for $5 a month and you have access to in the 40s now um, Patreon only subscriber episodes and all you know the, twice a month and the ones we've done in the past alright Tommy 